Well, today is the power of the tongue. So everybody stick your tongue out and grab it. That's for the kids. Did you know that everything you needed to know you learned in kindergarten? Did you know that? There's a book written called Everything I Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Here are just a few things it said. How many of you know in kindergarten we learn how to share? How many of your kids are awesome at sharing? As an adult, we learn that the more we actually share, the more we actually get. So we share. We learn how to listen sometimes. Relationships are built on listening. We learn how to learn. I like this quote, formal education will make you a living, but if you self-educate and grow constantly, it will make you a fortune. How many of you like that quote? Got to turn your phone off and read. Oh. We learned how to wash our hands. And COVID taught us to use hand sanitizer. We learn how to put things back where we found them. We learn how to clean up after ourselves. And I translate that as an adult to own your own stuff. If you mess something up, how many of you know you should not blame? You should just say, yep, I messed it up. I, I did. I'm sorry. And fix it. We learned how to hold hands and stick together. Probably now in schools, they cross their arms and stay in line. But when we were in school, we held hands and created a, four, a, a, a big line like that. We learn how to take naps. How many of you could use a good nap? Maybe 20, 24 hours or so. Never underestimate the power of a good nap. I like this one. We learned about wonder and how to wonder. And, and what I mean is the, the wonder is the exclamation point on life. It's being in awe of the things of God and in awe of creation. And I mean, when, when our, our kids first came home from Poland, everything that we saw, they were like, whoa. We'd see a deer on the side of the road. How many of you have seen a deer on the side of the road? You don't get very excited about a deer on the side of the road anymore. My kids lost their mind. Even today, Naomi thinks every movie is a 10 out of 10. And I, I, it's funny, we watch a bad, I mean, if she gives it an eight, it's a bad movie, like a really bad movie. But because everything's a 10, which is awesome to me because she's so full of wonder and excitement about life. Be aware of wonder. Live a balanced life. Learning, you know, you have recess and you have study time and all these things that we do. We paint and we draw and we sing and we make music. Somewhere along the line, we become curmudgeon adults and we stop finger painting. Some of you should go to Walmart right after church, get some finger paints and go home and paint. You'll like it. It'll be awesome. Bonus number one, flush. You should... You should have laughed at that. <laughs> we learned in kindergarten, you always flush. And number two, don't say stupid stuff. Don't say things that hurt people. So here, here it is. Kids, you ready? You, brought, you probably never heard this song before. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. And then, oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. How many of you know it? So come on! Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. 
For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Now, this is the big one. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. How many of you have never heard that song before, ever in your whole life? That's Sunday school right there, boys and girls. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Why? Three things. Number one, it matters what you say. And kids, this is for you. I'm looking at those farmer boys over there. It matters what you say and how you say it. How many of you know, how many of you are married? Have you discovered that it matters what you say and how you say it? Oh, baby. James says, dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should be teachers because teachers will be judged more harshly. But indeed, we all make mistakes because if we could control our tongue, we'd be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. Isn't it interesting that James says that the the key to self-control is controlling our tongue? Didn't Didn't he just say that? He said, if we could control our tongue and the things that come out of our mouth, we could control every other part of our life. We could control our body. We could control our emotion. We could control everything if we could control our tongue. It's self-control. He says in verse 3, we can make a large horse go wherever it wants. We can steer a ship with a small rudder. Even though the winds are strong in the same way, the tongue is a small thing and makes grand speeches. A small piece of metal in in the mouth of a horse controls a very large and strong animal. Anybody equestrians in here? Anybody ride horses? I didn't know anybody that did, or I would have got a bridle and I'd show it how small it is. You put it in their teeth and you can control the horse whichever way you want to go. How many of you know if you don't put that bridle in the horse's mouth, it is wild and untamed and uncontrollable? Much like your tongue would not submit it to the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Our tongue is the same, and James is making that analogy. He says a small piece of wood can control a very large and useful ship, but without a rudder, a ship is tossed by the wind back and forth and beaten by the waves and will inevitably, eventually, be overwhelmed and sink. A rudder keeps the ship upright and keeps it moving in the right direction, much like... Our tongue, a life without control of its speech, will eventually sink. Have we seen that a time or two in our, in our culture? Hello? He says, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. A couple of years ago, we went to Yosemite National Park and we were driving through and we saw the great things, but as you get out into the hills, you see the residue of the forest fires and you see mountains burned, trees gone, and just everything's black and charred and destroyed. And we looked up that fire and that fire started because of a cigarette. Not an arson, not a can of gasoline, but a small, tiny spark burned an entire park. That rhymed. Thank you. Thank you. 
Much like your whole life can be destroyed. Listen, your whole life, listen kids, your whole life can be destroyed or corrupted by what and how you say things. In fact, kids, if you mouth off to your mom, how many of you know your life just got worse? If you mouth off to your dad, life just got really bad. How our speech is received by others is a great indicator of what's coming out of our mouth. He says, Ephesians chapter 4, 31, Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. What kind of falsities are spewed when we're bitter? What lies do you tell yourself when you're bitter? What kind of destructive words come out of rage and anger? Can I say this? What things were said to you out of rage and anger when you were a child that cut you deep? What kind of things come out of your mouth that cut your kids deep? What kind of wounds do we inflict with harsh words? And here's what I've learned about Americans. Our, our, our words are harsh even if they're true. I mean, Paul doesn't say that harsh words are wrong words or lies. It's that they are harsh. Are you with me? What kind of vile wickedness comes out of slander? But he says this, instead of those things, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So what kind of mercy comes out of kindness? Come on, are you with me? I'm going to ask you that until you start talking back to me. What kind of encouragement and empathy comes from a tender heart instead of a hard heart or a bitter heart? What kind of love comes through forgiveness? I want to show you what I mean. Where's Isaac? Come on, buddy. I just want you to just stand right there. Just stand over there. Our words are important and they're power. Why are you doing that? You're not Jesus. And when I say kind words to you, my son, those things are like bubbles. Bubbles are fun, aren't they? Sammy thinks so. But they don't go very far, I'm sorry. Bubbles are fun. And here, I'll get closer to you. How about this? Oh. That was rude. I'm a... Bubbles are fun. They're, they bring joy and laughter, don't they? Did we just see that? Well, they bring joy and laughter. And so when we speak in kindness and tenderheartedness and love, then it comes out to people as joy and excitement, and it makes them want to be around you. I mean, like, listen, if most people in your life don't really want to be around you, it might be the things that are coming out of your mouth. You with me? Yes? Pastor Jim's with me. Good. Thank you, buddy. Because... When we're, when we're not, when we spew things that are wicked or hateful, they're not, as, not quite as enjoyable in our lives. I mean, I, I think I should reload. <laughs> Thank you, son. 
Thank you, son. Our speech matters a lot, how we say things and what we say. Number two, our speech reveals our heart. And I think this is really important for believers. Our speech reveals what's in our heart. He said, people can tame all kinds of animals and birds. And I don't know that we can tame fish, but he says we can. But all things are possible with God. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of poison. Sometimes it praises the Lord, and sometimes it curses those that have been made in God's image. We should think about that, shouldn't we? And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. This should not be so. Here's the thing. Actions can be faked. Did you know you can pretend to like me? Some people might be doing that right now. You pretend to like me. You can fake your emotions. You can fake your attitude. Just put on a happy face and pretend like everything's wonderful in your life, even if it's not. You can fake it. You can fake your motives. You can manipulate people into thinking your, re- your why is, is righteous and is upright when it may not be. Words even can be faked for a period of time, but eventually our words reveal our heart. Here's how Jesus said it in Matthew 7. It says, you'll recognize false prophets by their fruit. But then he goes on and says, and grapes are, gath- are, gra- are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. So every healthy tree bears good fruit. But the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does, bear, does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will see them by their fruit. And in Luke 6, he says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, but an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows out of your heart. You spend a little time with somebody and you find out who they really are. You find out what's really in their heart. Here's the bottom line. We cannot hide what is truly in our hearts. And lastly, why does our speech matter? Because Jesus cares about our speech. Jesus cares about the things we say. James closes the section by saying this, does a spring of water bubble out of both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives, and it's the same concept Jesus was saying, no, it doesn't, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. You can't be righteous and spew wickedness. You can't be wicked and spew righteousness and truth. It's one or the other. So he cares that you keep silent when you should. Did you know that? I appreciate Michael's message a few weeks ago where he showed us a bunch of scriptures. There they are. All the scriptures where we should keep our yapper shut. Sometimes, mom and dad, you shouldn't say the thing that comes into your head to your child. Are you with me? Definitely children, you shouldn't say the things that come into your head to your parents. Our speech matters to Jesus. He cares when you should keep silent. He cares when you do speak that it's done in love with truth. 
He cares how you speak to entrusted ones, your spouses and your children. He cares that you keep your tongue from evil and from speaking lies. There's another kid song we could sing, but we won't. But he cares that you keep your tongue from evil and from speaking lies. And he cares that you, you use wisdom. Why? Why does it matter? One more illustration. Come here, Isaac. It's called stairs, dude. Now, don't be a knothead. That's fine. No, I want you to empty this whole thing into this cup. Just squeeze it out. Just squeeze the fire out of it. Oh, nice. Good, good. Did you get it all? Good. Don't get it on me. I don't want to smell like minty fresh. It's red. <laughs> oh, it's minty. Okay, good. I think you killed it. Good. Nice job. Nice job. Nice job. Hold, the, hold that tube for a minute. This is like our words that we say when they come out. Now, can you do one more thing for me? Put all this back in that tube. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> like, there, it's empty, right? So there's plenty of room in the tube. Is there room in the tube? Yep. Yeah, because it's empty. So why can't you put it back in there? There's no, why not? You can't do it. You can't put it back, right? It's like our words. Once they're said, they can't be taken back. Everybody with me? Here, go brush your teeth. <laughs> Bottom line is this. Jesus knows your life is determined by what you say even more than by what you do, and he cares about what you say. Here's the last thing. I want to give you five ways to fix your speech. Five ways to fix your speech. Five ways to fix your speech. Number one, to fix your speech, choose self-control. To fix your speech, choose self-control. Oh, I don't know. Be an adult. Oh, I don't know. Be a Christian. Choose self-control. Number two, to fix your speech, choose wisdom. Is it wise to say what I think I'm going to say? Is this going, and one of, the, one of the ways to determine, should you die on that hill? Is that the right hill to die on? Is spewing off to your boss because something happened that you didn't like the right hill to die on? Is your social media post the right hill to die on. Come on, are you with me? Choose wisdom. Number three, to fix your, your speech, focus on others above yourself. How will what I'm going to say or how I'm going to say it affect these brothers, these sisters, these unsaved people, whatever it would be? How is it going to affect them? Can I just say, we should probably never threaten anybody. Like, if that's what comes out of our mouth, we got heart issues. You with me? We should probably never pronounce judgment and death on people. We should probably be really careful about things like that. We should use wisdom, and we should focus on other people and what's happening in their life. Number four, to fix your speech, fix your heart. Fix your heart. How do you fix your heart? Well, only God can do that. Come to God. Say, God, I'm a knothead. I say things I shouldn't say. James is pretty clear. 
that I can't praise you with one side of my mouth and out of the other side of my mouth curse people who were created in your image. That's not the way this works. Fix your heart. Lastly, to fix your speech, employ the most powerful words. And I'm going to tell you what they are. I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm sorry. And please forgive me. Now, I'm going I'm to get real serious for a moment. I was 18 years old before the first time ever in my life I can remember my father telling me he loved me. I was 18. If you're a macho man and you don't tell your kids you love them or you don't tell your wife, I told my wife I loved her on her wedding day and if it ever changed it, I let her, I let her know. You're an idiot. I mean that with love. <laughs> Why? Because the people in your life that God has entrusted to you need to know, they need to know that you love them. I met with a man yesterday who's nearing eternity. And we were talking and sharing. And I said to him, don't go to eternity without making sure your children and your wife and those you care about know how you feel. Make sure they know how you feel about them. Make sure they know you're proud of them. Make sure they know you love them. And he said, he said, I can't do it because every time I start talking about it, I cry and I weep and it just, it's so moving to me, but I love them so much. And I'm so proud of them. And I said, then you got to suck it up and get through it because they need to hear from you. Dads, some of you, before you leave this room with your children in the room, need to take your boy in the eye and your daughter in the eye and say, I love you and I'm proud of you. It's important. I'm sorry and please forgive me. They're most powerful words on the planet. And if we'll employ those words to a greater degree in our life, God will begin to move our heart and we'll say things differently than we have before. Pray with me, would you? Father, thank you for this service and this time together. Thank you for these children. Thank you, God, that they are entrusted to us. Thank you for our spouses and our loved ones and our church family. God, that you have given to journey through life with us. I pray in Jesus' name that we would not hold back the most important words that they need to hear. God, I pray for the person in this room right now that needs to hear from the Holy Spirit that you love them. Lord, because you love them with an everlasting love and you're proud of them, God. Though their life might seem a mess, God, they're your son, they're your daughter, and they love you and they're pr you're proud of them. Like any father, there might be things, God, you want to work on and you want to adjust in their life like I probably have in my kid's life, Lord. That's normal. But nothing can change the love that you have for us and that we have for our children. So I pray you'd help us this morning, help some parents make some decisions to speak differently to their children, to love their children, to say the words that need to be heard. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In just a moment, we're gonna dismiss. And I wanna ask you, who is in your life that you need to say something to? 
Who is in your life that needs to hear you say, I love you and I'm proud of you? Who is in your life that you need to say, I forgive you? Who is in your life that God is asking you to shift how you speak? Lord, that you'd reveal it to us in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord.